0: I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state. A state. You thought I was saying
2: we're the state of Georgia? Gooch is in the day for Ed Graney, and we start the front page with uh, some breaking news that doesn't actually feel like news. Russell Westbrook says that he is going to uh, opt in for his final year with the Lakers at $47 million, he had a player option. I don't feel like that's news. I don't know that anybody else would give him close to $47 million, so of course he is.
1: Yeah, it's news to anybody else that just learned that he is making 47000 <laughs> <know?
2: laughs> It's news. Hey. That's where it is. Cheap cheap price to pay to miss the playoffs. Not that big of a deal. So Russell Westbrook staying with the Lakers for one more year, and they're paying him $47 million. And,
1: and the return. See, that's why you don't let LeBron run the league. He's he was basically just going off of what he saw on SportsCenter or what he saw on NBA 2K. Oh, this guy's a 92 ranking. Bring him in.
2: Hey, he built your Cleveland Cavaliers, a championship team.
1: You're, you are absolutely right. He did. I will give him credit. He did uh, years ago when he was in peak playing condition and Kyrie Irving wasn't a complete nutbag yet. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, they, but he did build a team. I got it. I will give him credit.
2: I, uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry. I just got <laughs> John Wall will be bought out by the Rockets and sign with the Clippers. John Wall had left on his deal with the. He was going to make about $46 million. Uh, he's getting bought out, and he, that means he's going to get $40 million from the Rockets to go away. And then he's going to go sign with the Clippers and play with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. John Wall will be 32 next season. He has only played 40 games, though, in the last three years. Three years ago, he got hurt. Then he played 40 games the following season. This year he was fully healthy, but he and the Rockets just didn't like each other, and he just did not play for the Houston Rockets. Now he will be an L.A. Clipper. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, John Wall. If all three are healthy when the postseason rolls around, are they winning the NBA title? Absolutely not. It is What? The... It is the... They're like, they got like the second best odds in the league right it now, is... and that's before John
1: Wall. It is the Warriors League for the foreseeable future, I don't no. see anybody beating them for the next two or three years. Especially if they can keep Wiggins, there. That team is unbelievable.
2: Uh, the Bucs are better than the Warriors right now.
1: You shut your mouth. No. Yeah.
2: I, I look at I look
1: at the the Clippers, and I you got to love Kawhi Leonard. He's still easily top five, the most quiet top five player I think I've ever witnessed. I mean, the guy's he he's always incredible, and you never hear anything about him. Paul George, what Paul George are you going to get? Are you going to get streaky Paul George? Are you going to get the Paul George that shows up for one game in the playoffs? And then you look at John Wall, and John Wall has always been a top-tier point guard. I, I always thought he was one of the more athletic point guards. I mean, the guy could go from the three-point line, drive it to the rim in like .2 seconds. He was super fast. So when you look at his physical ability, I do like the idea of those three guys playing together if they are all playing at the top of their game, but we can't trust Paul George. We really can't trust Paul George. And again, John Wall, you know, is he gonna bring that attitude that he had with him last year to this team, which we have seen happen on the Clippers before? You know, there's a lot of
0: question
2: marks. If they're fully healthy, they're winning okay. the NBA title. If they're fully healthy, yeah. If yeah, you had they're, w- they're winning the NBA title.
0: If you had to bet all the money you just made by giving up the NFL on them oh. being healthy together, <laughs> yeah. all three of them at Any point during the season.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a free five more more million dollars. How many
1: more times you got to see Paul George just stink up the playoffs?
2: I don't need him. I don't need Paul George. He's he's got John Wall and Kawhi Leonard. I just need those two to be healthy. (laughs) I don't don't need Paul George to be the best player on the team. I've got Kawhi Leonard. I just need him to be healthy. I just need him to be number two or three on the team. Can he do that? Yes, oh, 100% he can do that. They just need Kawhi Leonard to exist when the playoffs are here. Yeah, to exist, just be there. Right. <laughs> if that happens, I think I I think they're winning the NBA title.
0: This is weird. I I left for 3 weeks and suddenly Tyler's Mr.
2: Positivity over here. Yeah, they they've got I think the second best odds to win the title behind Golden State before getting John Wall. People think they're good, and they are good. If they're healthy, they just don't ever play together. So if they do, they're winning the title.
1: That's always the biggest question, Mark. And again, we always see in the NBA the usual suspects. And what I mean by that is usual suspects that are always injured, like your AD, for example. He plays. He is incredible, easily a top three talent when he plays. But you can't put him in a top five in the league because he's always
2: injured. Paul are in your top five, you've got a lot of guys. In your no, top I'm just
1: saying five. he could. Okay, when you talk about NBA and you say top five, there is no definitive top five. There's a definitive. I would say there's a definitive top three, but when it comes to like the number four to ten range, it's like there's such a gray area. One of those guys could easily be a top five guy if you are ranked like number twelve in the NBA. It's, it, it's we're talking about a fraction here when if you're grading any of these players. So, but when you look at AD. When he's healthy, yes, but that's always the biggest question, when he's healthy. And what has to happen with AD is he has to get injured in the beginning of the season, and then he comes back at the end, hopefully, and then all of a sudden he's got fresh legs for the playoffs. That's the only way he will be a factor, because if he, he's not going to play all season long. He just can't. He doesn't have the body for it.
0: Next question.
2: The Las Vegas Aces beat the LA Sparks last night, snapped their season-long two-game losing streak. They did play without Chelsea Gray, who was out due to a personal issue. Uh, but Kelsey Plum and Asia Wilson combined to score 54 of the Aces' 79 points last night. Um, Gooch, to give you the quick synopsis of the Las Vegas Aces so far this year, they are very good, number one in the WNBA. They have the best starting lineup in the WNBA, but they don't have any depth. And when they're missing like just one of their starting five players, they're a completely different team. They did not play great last night. Chelsea Gray wasn't there. Jackie Young actually left at one point with a thumb injury too. Uh, and they had two players score 54 of their 79 points. It's one of the most top-heavy teams I've ever seen. And one of the teams where it's like, oh, if one of these starters is not there, things could go very poorly very quickly. But their starting five is unbelievably good.
1: You would think that if one of the starters misses a game, the other four would be able to pick up the slack.
2: And they won last night without one of them. But it was against a team that's this L.A. Sparks are like seven and ten. And the aces were losing for a big chunk of this game, ended up winning by five or six points. Like they still can win and beat, you know, the bottom half of the league. But like if they're going to win the WNBA title, all five of their starters have to be healthy for the entirety of the postseason. Otherwise, they're probably getting beat. I
1: got to tell you what, when they lost two games in a row, if they would have lost, I had a lighter ready to go on my Aces jersey. If they would have lost three games in a row, it would have been up in flames.
3: Great question. Thank you.
2: Adrian Peterson will fight Le'Veon Bell July 30th (laughs) in L.A. at Crypto.com Arena. Uh I'm confused by this. I don't are know if people... you could. T-
1: I don't know if you could hear the female laughter going in the <laughs> background, but that's Jared. So.
2: I I don't understand. Are people interested in watching these two box each other? Because
1: they are. Because America is stupid. I really do think that some of these cable giants they have like eight year olds as their CEOs, and they go, "What would you like to see?" Well, I'd like to see this running back fight this running back. That's really what it is. It's Remember when you were young and you would like have these, like, well, if this guy, who do you think would win? And you would pick two people like that maybe played for the same sport that had no business fighting, but you just wanted to put them against one another. That's how idiotic this sounds. Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson might go down, into, in my opinion, he might be the best running back I have ever seen. He 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 was incredible, and now you're going to embarrass yourself in a boxing ring. Have you ever seen football players box? It's
2: they hit the, each other with their helmets on. Do
1: it is the saddest thing I have. It's just
2: nothing but haymakers thrown by guys that don't know how to throw haymakers. So I cannot. The part I can't get over. Go ahead and box each other. Is anybody showing up to Staples Center? to watch these two are you paying money to watch these two fight I can't that's the part I can't imagine like if these two fight on July 30th right there's not going to be much going on in the sports world like I said it'll be baseball right and some major league soccer and some WNBA I I'll I'll watch them box each other sure but I'm not going to pay money like if is this pay-per-view I'm not paying for a ticket to go and I'm not paying pay-per-view but if you tell me ah it's on some CBS Sports Network channel yeah, I'll put it on and just see for entertainment, but nobody's paying to watch this, right?
1: See, everything you're saying is making sense in the real world. Okay, but in the multiverse, <laughs> there is something incredibly stupid happening over here, and and you would think it would be in the multiverse, but you look at a Jake Paul, the fact that Nate Robinson, who lives under a mushroom, got knocked out by Jake Paul, and people wanted to post that meme all over the place. The guy was way bigger than Nate Robinson. He's a basketball player. (laughs) He's not a boxer, and he gets knocked out. And people want to. And and that made money. That fight made money. That's why Nate Robinson even got jumped in there is because he made money. He made more money than these UFC fighters make in a pay-per-view fight.
2: Well, Jared makes more money than the UFC (laughs) fighters.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. But but that's but that's true though. It's like America just wants to see violence, and if you put two famous people out there. How many people are gonna be ecstatic to watch Adrian Peterson get knocked out because they drafted him eight years ago and then he tore his ACL game three and they just wanna they wanna see him get knocked out because he ruined their league.
2: Well, not many because those same people drafted Le'Veon Bell when his career (laughs) fell off. So they're mad at both of them. All right.
0: So here's here's the the weird follow up and uh, Gooch may be the only one who gets this. Would you watch the kid from Modern Family fight the kid from Two and a Half Men?
1: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like that's how that's how idiotic this is. It's just like when they did, remember, I'll never forget this. They had Joey. There was a fight. It was a fight show where celebrities fought each other. Number one, they had the guy who played Screech. Who was, by the way, not a small man. He was a big guy, Dusted Diamond. And he fought the guy who played Horseshack on Welcome Back Hotter. Never mind the fact that Horseshack was way smaller and way older. And then, and then, then Screech. And Screech beat him to a pulp. And then there was another time where it was China, who was a female wrestler. She fought Joey Buttafuco. The, remember the, the, the Long Island Loina situation? Yes. This guy had no business being a celebrity, but he, he, he's fighting he, a woman. He, he got in there, and not only did he fight a woman, he beat this muscle-bound woman all over the ring. This guy's fat and bloated and just looks disgusting, and he's beating the crap out of China, and people are cheering. It was like one of the most <laughs> lowest points I've ever seen in American television until I heard about this fight right
2: here. You said... Two last names in there that I feel like we probably can't say on the radio. What? Joey But a <laughs> And and Horshack? Horshack from yeah. Welcome Back Cotter. See that see you're young.
1: You're 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 29 you're, you're Generation Z, Tyler. You don't know who you don't know what Welcome Back Cotter is, but it was a television show that was on like the late 70s and 80s. I didn't I just know about it because I heard comics make references to the show, so I didn't watch it myself, but I knew who Horshack I knew who Horschak was.
2: It's not because I'm young. It's because I don't watch anything that's not sports. Yeah, Actually,
0: real quick follow-up. Did you get the reference of the kid from Two and a Half Men versus the kid from Modern Family?
2: I know the little fat kid from Two and a Half Men. I do not know what Modern Family is. (laughs) Well, it's another little (laughs) fat
0: kid, too. It's two little fat kids. Two little (laughs) fat kids. They're duking it out. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler (laughs) Bischoff. Jared, where was that sound from? That would be from Derek Carr's Zoom meeting yesterday.
2: Oh, I didn't know he did a Zoom meeting yesterday. Okay. That was that was our cue, right?
0: Yes, yes, that okay. was uh, yeah. I actually was supposed to cut that out because I was what no, I Oh,
2: no, 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 no. What, you leave that in.
0: What I was going for was uh they seem to have some issues in the front office. Maybe they all need to go
2: golfing. Apparently. So, all right. Uh Gooch, this is a I think a very important topic because Last year, or maybe the last two years, the Raiders had all of this team unity, team bonding stuff because Derek Carr was taking the some of the receivers and tight ends out to a random park in Las Vegas and having them run routes and throw footballs. And it was like, oh, great leadership, team unity, bonding, and like there were quotes about it from players about how great it was and how they were on the same page and everything. And now we've apparently moved on from that to golf. Golf is now the key to the Raiders bonding and having team unity. So they're very good at finding like off-season eh, bullcrap to be reasons or how they bond with each other every year.
1: I like how cheap this off-season bull crap is. I'll tell you this. Dude, say what you want about Deshaun Watson, but he took the entire offense to the Bahamas. If you're the Raiders, you're looking at Derek Carr like, you just signed a contract, bro. We're go gonna off. go. What are we gonna do? Go to Sunset Park and start throwing passes? Oh, look at you Let's go going to the straight, beach bro straight for the wallet take me straight to the beach the bro
2: oh <laughs> you're that's good that that see if you thought like this when I asked you which sports you would give up you'd have five million dollars right now I but I just feel like if I said I don't need to hear why you don't want to why you don't want to give up the I NFL don't want
1: to say goodbye to society if I say goodbye to the NFL oh
2: my god I don't want to be outcasted. You're 100% right. They should be like, listen, Derek, we don't want to go golfing anymore. We want to go to the Bahamas. Well, we it, want to go to it, Europe. Let's do it. Where's it, the plane? Let's go.
0: Except that, non Derek Carr, the itinerary would be yeah, we're going to visit a bunch of golf courses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to go to the
1: Bahamas and play golf. Are we going to party? Well, nope, but I did pack some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches.
2: Oh. You want some okay. eyeliner? Mike is going to sign up, but only if uh, you take the jelly off that peanut butter. <laughs>
1: Get that disgusting jelly yeah, off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So,
2: story in the Review Journal about the Raiders. There was a story a couple weeks ago in the New York Times where they talked to some former employees, uncovered some lawsuits. Basically, there has been a pattern. There has been a history here of employees feeling mistreated that work for the Raiders, employees feeling mistreated, and suing the raiders right there's been a lawsuit um about not getting paid overtime there's been a lawsuit from a scout who claimed that the raiders fired him after he had a baby go back and lawsuit. say that again
1: after he had a baby that makes no sense after his wife had a yeah, baby yeah after his wife had a baby okay. it's like why 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 are you even making that claim there must have been something else going on because it's not like he had to miss any time for maternity leave
0: well, wow, patern- you are in, man. <laughs>
2: Browns fan is here again. <laughs> no, I'm Jesus. just. Listening,
1: I'm listening to a guy say, "Oh, they fired me because I had a baby." Well, how much time did you miss? Well, I just chose to take three months paternity leave. You know, to let the the, the scarring healing. You
0: did nothing. Man, look
1: at I, I don't going. know. if This is a
0: weird. He's pro woman. Or I'm, pro woman.
1: <laughs> I'm pro woman. I'm pro woman. You're anti- if you're a family. man.
0: If you're a man, yes.
2: <laughs> I am pro. single-parent households is what it sounds like but no his his (laughs) lawsuit was that he got uh, I think it was demoted after he had a child and asked to uh, spend more time with his family after having a kid and then ultimately got fired and he sued them and they settled the lawsuit it did not actually go to court there's also a lawsuit from cheerleaders the Raiders ended up paying 1.25 million in the settlement because they were not being paid fair wages Um, The Raiders have settled most of these. The Review-Journal story had 10 lawsuits since 2013 from basically all stemming from employees feeling like they were being mistreated. And there's a woman named Nicole Adams, and she talked to the New York Times. She also talked to the Review-Journal as well, who used to work in HR with the Raiders, and she was ultimately fired. She did not take a severance package, though, when she was fired because— it included that she could not speak about her time with the Raiders. And she basically said that, I'm not doing that. I'm going, I want to be able to talk about this. And she has talked about it. A couple of things here. Um, some women claim they were told how to dress and were singled out for distracting the men in the office. Nicole Adams said she repeatedly was made uncomfortable over what she wore to work, even if it was a turtleneck dress down to her knees. Adams also described being kissed by a former Raiders employee who worked for football operations, and he was allowed to continue working there despite executives knowing about his inappropriate behavior. Uh, She also has every time someone was let go, every time someone was retaliated against or pushed out, every time they had to leave feeling less than themselves, it hurt me. In that role of an HR professional, you're supposed to protect people from things like that, but I had no power to do so. so. I don't know that there's one massive incident that really singles us out here. It's more of a accumulation of events that basically indicate the Raiders have just not been paying attention or caring or the people in that organization have been doing whatever they want with no repercussions for years. And here's my ultimate question for you. How should Mark Davis be framed in this conversation? Because this has been his organization these things have happened while he's been the owner of the team but there have been massive turnover in uh on the business side of things the president they've gone through two presidents now there's been a ton of people leave and you could frame this where mark davis is just now becoming aware of these things and is trying to clean them up or is it fair to basically blame him for either allowing it to go on or not knowing it was going on in his organization
1: well, just like you said, there was a ton of turnover. Maybe the reason for the turnover is because of these situations. I mean, how many presidents did you say the Raiders have had?
2: They have, they have lost two in the last, what is it? Uh, it was like 14 months where they had two different presidents fired. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> it is. Two in great. 14 months? That's, yeah. that's a
0: UNLV coaching uh, It is. Experience. It is. Yeah, that's, so,
1: that's a year and a sixth of a year. Do you understand? It's like, that's so... Good job on the math. I, I'm very good at math. Two plus two is four. Um, but when you, look at, when you look at Mark Davis, though, again, everybody that has like a, you know, a CEO or a, a, you know, owner, that type of guy like Mark Davis, nobody wants to give bad news to that guy. So you always have like the president. How many secrets does that president have about every employee that Mark Davis has no idea about because Mark Davis probably just wants to be bothered with football stuff only? And then when the major stuff happens, that's when he has to make a move, like getting it
2: getting rid of his president. So that to me, sounds like it's very plausible here. There was even a quote in this story about Mark Davis um basically taking really good care of the players but not really caring about anybody else. It's not good enough from the owner of the organization. And we've seen plenty of examples of Mark Davis simply not being good enough as an owner. when he got all of the John Gruden emails, he let John Gruden coach another game, and he didn't make John Gruden resign until all of those emails went public. He knew all of those emails before we did, and he coached against the Bears anyways because he didn't care about the emails. He didn't care what John Gruden said. He only cared when it went public, and it made him look bad. He let Steve Wynn light the torch at a Raiders game, and when people asked him, hey, what about all those sexual assault allegations Steve Wynn has, Mark Davis said, well, he's my friend, and he helped get this stadium built, so of course I'm going to honor him. Mark Davis does not care about other people. It's been very clear he cares about one thing, him and his football team. And that include, that does not include uh, uh, uh. the he other ca- employees of the team.
1: He cares about the investors.
2: What investors? Steve Wynn. Well, Steve Wynn didn't actually invest. Steve Wynn just went to these meetings and said, Yeah, give him seven hundred and fifty million dollars. Mark Davis just took out a book. We're the investors.
1: See what I we're the
2: ones that invested in this.
1: What I heard is Mark Davis cares about friendship.
0: (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Coming up next, (laughs) Charles McDonald joins the show. It's the press box with Granny and Bischoff on
2: ESPN Las Vegas. That was Martellus Bennett yelling of Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Joining us now is Charles McDonald. I'm on Twitter at 4Verts. Listen to the Exempt List podcast. Uh, Charles, is Jimmy Garoppolo that much better than uh, Jacoby Brissett that he would have made a difference in that game?
3: Yeah, but you know what? Honestly, I don't want to hear this from
2: Marty because
3: they still won the Super Bowl this season. Why are you so saucy? And it's a Super Bowl that I'll never forget as a Falcons fan. So you know, what? You're, you're complaining about what not going what fourteen and two. They have twelve and four they went that year. I know the world's falling. I'm Mattelis Bennett. You still got a Super Bowl trophy at the end of the year. So what are you complaining about? Like why are you feeling so hurt about this? Six years later, you got the ultimate goal that season in like the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. So stop complaining. I like I don't know, I don't understand what this beef is with him and Jimmy G. Maybe there's something deeper, but it just seems like an odd place to be mad. Like six years later in a season where you won the damn Super Bowl.
1: It's just clickbait. Okay. That's what it is. We like to see people fighting.
3: Yeah, but it's not even real fighting because we you, you don't know Jimmy. You know Jimmy's not going to say anything. So I don't. I, I don't know what the question was or the prompt that got him so fired up where he was like. I gotta say this stuff about Jimmy, but it was just kind of like, I don't know. Why are you complaining about anything in a season where your quarterback was suspended for four games? And you still win the Super Bowl in dramatic fashion. Shut it, uh,
2: Charles. Love <laughs> it. How long do you think Deshaun Watson's suspension ends up being?
3: Um, I mean at least a year. I uh, I think the the interesting part is like, what happens when that year goes up? Because it's not like. It's not like I don't. I don't think there'll be a situation where it's just like, oh, you know, seventeen game suspension. I, I think they'll probably like try to hit a with what they did with uh, Charlie Ridley, full calendar year. So with Ridley, uh, you know, his case will be re- revisited like next February or March. And if Watson's in the same spot, then you're talking about. what next summer is when uh, they would have to revisit the case because I. It just seems like from everything that we're reading they're going to try at least a hit a year and then indefinitely beyond that. So <laughs> it's a mess, man. Like I, I, I just can't believe, I mean, I can, because it's the Browns, but like <laughs> you, you, you really put yourself in a situation. Like the Falcons, they were about to take this off your hands for you. And then you said, Nope, here's five years, $230 million. Um, hopefully you're telling the truth to us so that this is the end of it. and, you know, I'm not sure, like exactly what Deshaun told him, but part of the problem for the league is like it keeps getting worse. You know, it, 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 it's like every every time we hear new new news, it feels like it's just like the tip of the iceberg. And in terms of like how devious and sinister like a lot of this is, and now you know we're hearing yesterday in the lawsuit that not only were the Texans helping to find uh, you know massage therapists, but they had actually there actually been complaints about what Deshaun was doing to the Texans uh while he was there so you know it, it, like like we really start to unpack it uh the fact that it won't go away you have so many different levels of like mistrust and betrayal throughout the whole thing like the abuse of power is just obscene uh, i i think that roger goodell really has no choice but to try to come down with a really really lengthy man i mean if we're talking about if you can get suspended for conduct detrimental to the league it, I can't imagine anything worse than having like a serial abuser be the face of one of your thirty-two franchises. Uh, cause, I mean, at, at, at this point, like that's just kind of what you have to call it. I, it's a serial problem for him, and you, you can't really let that slide. Like if you're going to let guys who have one instance of domestic violence get hit for like you know a six or eight game suspension, what do you do with twenty-four or twenty-six or thirty, however, however deep it goes? Uh, you got to hit them with the, the one-year ban, and I think the NFL is probably going to try to attack on something longer than that because it's just such a bad look that not only like, did you probably do this stuff, but the fact that you're coming out, you're never prepared for any answers that people, and never pre- prepared for any questions that people have. Uh, I should say the Browns' panel this is like a disgrace. The Texans have someone's going to get punished big time, and you know the secret dirty truth is the owners will never really punish themselves. So it's going to be on Deshaun Watson for you know, obviously his bad behavior, but he's going to take the fall for being enabled by others as well.
2: You brought this up last week with us, but the idea that Deshaun Watson didn't play all of last season is probably getting suspended for all of this season and and maybe more beyond that. How good is Deshaun Watson going to be at football when he actually comes back?
3: I don't know. I don't know. Because, and also, you know, you have to think, like, that 20... Was it, 2019 season at this point that he had? Uh, wow. Right, yeah, I no, mean, no, maybe it's 2020. The 2020 season he had, uh, where he played, like, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And, I mean, like, really, was playing, like, as a station. I was like, basically, Patrick Mahomes did that season. Uh, you know, that's really his only season of playing, like, at that level. You know, at that level where you're talking top three, to five quarterback, Super League, you know, we got to give him all the money in the world, like, there's a risk that that is not who he is as you know a quarterback in general. Like maybe he's not a top five. He's closer to you know that you know, seven to twelve range, which is still obviously really good. Uh, but you know it, if you if you do, if you tell me like you're going to practice football but not play it for two years, and not only are you going to do that, like you're dealing with you know I, I hate the word distraction in sports, but I think this definitely qualifies as like a major major distraction for us. Uh, not only your team but for yourself. And I I don't think that you can just come back and guarantee that oh, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson if he comes back and plays in, you know, twenty twenty three or halfway through twenty twenty three or even like worst case scenario for him, twenty twenty four or beyond, uh, there's no guarantee that he's gonna be the same player when he steps out on the on the field because he hasn't gotten the reps and this is this is a lot to happen to a person even if you are the one to cause it. Like I'm not, not showing any sympathy here for Deshaun because I don't believe that he deserves it. But, you know, this is a really stressful situation on, on his end, too. So I can't imagine that, you know, his physical and mental health is in the best shape. Uh, along with not being able to play for a long time, I don't think that you can write it in stone that he's going to be this great quarterback when everything's back.
2: Who is the Kyrie Irving of the NFL? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs>
3: I don't know. I don't. I don't Is think there football culture would allow for. I don't. I, I don't think football culture would allow for someone like Kyrie Irving to exist. Like, like if you're going to tell an NFL coach, okay, you know, here's this guy who's going to miss, you know, eighty percent of his games over like a two season span. Like, he's not on my team. We're not. We're just. We're simply just not going to tolerate that. You know, basketball's a little different because uh, they have, you know more just, they have more power i mean if there's five guys on the court if you're one of the really good guys that are if you're, if you're like one of the five guys that's really good you're gonna have a lot more power than someone like on a football team does so you know i i, I can't even really think one that comes to mind of just like holding organizations hostage like this uh maybe the closest thing we have right now is like baker mayfield just like eh, kind of in limbo Gonna try to make one decision that can benefit me financially, but I'm probably gonna end up losing because i 'cause I'm gonna get traded. I don't know, maybe that's the closing thing, but even then, like I said, I don't think football culture would allow it. It'd be like, Okay, you wanna act like Kyrie Irving, go play CSL, go play XFL because the <laughs> NFL the NFL caller.
1: Okay, who is the Draymond Green of the NFL and who is the Kendrick Perkins of the
3: NFL? Go. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Kendrick Perkins of NFL Media. Wow. I mean, even just whittling down to one person. Is, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a tough, it's a tough gig. Um, man, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. <laughs> I, I think I'll go, uh, I think I'll go Orlovsky, because, it, 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 and I, I, do, I do think that Orlovsky has like a better grass on analysis than like Kendrick Perkins does, but there's just some times like where he gets himself into trouble, like bringing up Tua's wonderless score a few years ago as a reason for how smart he is, like saying that he heard Justin Fields wasn't a good leader last year and then getting, like, competed by the Ohio State football program. Uh, You know, that kind of stuff doesn't really happen to everybody. Uh, And on the flip side to the players, uh, I think the best Draymond Green might be, like, Jalen Ramsey. But Jalen Ramsey doesn't really, like, he doesn't really send it at, like, and all that much, I don't think it's more like directed at other players. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have a good one for like this one guy in football who is, you know, just attacking all these media guys in public. Now I can tell you from my time covering the Jets and Giants, if you get these guys like one-on-one and you bring up post focus, you're guaranteed to get a rant. Like jail and cheese to get a rant. you are bringing up my pressure numbers in – my contract negotiations, and like I don't even know, like where you came up with this stuff, blah 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 blah. So if you want to get some, if you want to get an NFL player fired up, bring up focus. I mean, one of them. I promise you, you will get.
1: To that. <laughs> I do like the Dan Orlovsky comparison to Kendrick Perkins, but let's face it, Dan Orlovsky will like give some big old, long dissertation on why someone's bad, and then Kendrick, they'll go to Kendrick, and go. What do you think, Kendrick? Going to be like, man, he suck, and it'll be. <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's why we love Kendrick. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> both, both, both styles of uh, analysis have their their, their strengths and their drawbacks. I think
2: that's the safe way to put it. <laughs> uh, Charles, before we let you go, can you explain to us why Revenge of the Sith is the best movie for background noise?
3: Oh, because one, I've seen it like a hundred times, so like I like background stuff that I've already seen before because you know I can pay attention to, like what I'm supposed to be doing while having like a break to just look at something cool on the TV and. I mean, once you get past, like, the part where, hey, I think we can all be honest, and I'm I'm a big Star Wars fan, the transition that Anakin had to being Darth Vader, a little swift, you know, like the actual moment. He, he's, he's going up there, and he says, oh, we need to arrest him, not kill him, and then Nathan is about to kill him. And he cuts his hand off, right? And as soon as he cuts his hand off, he's like, yeah, I'll go slaughter, kid. I was like, really? <laughs> like, it, it, was, it, it was that easy for you? Like... You, you do this one act, and now you're you're all the way in. All the way in. So that, you know, that part's a little cheesy, but once you get past that, the second half of the movie is so much fun, and then you get the payoff at the end, where you get the first star-fader breath. So uh, it, it's it's uh, it's like comfort food, you know? I, I think that the prequels get a little bit too much hate, but it's good content. It's good enough content, I should say.
1: Well, no, well now you've made me look at people with one hand differently now. Now I think...
0: how many people with one hand do you know this this is not what this should we should not explore this topic as the producer (laughs) okay good okay we're good we're we're good good job good all right he's charles mcdonald
3: yes i'll be back next week to walk the tightrope again with you guys
2: (laughs) look forward to it charles (laughs) mcdonald at four birds on twitter as always thank you charles um so yeah, yeah there you go uh Gooch, you will be happy to know I have seen Revenge of the Sith and all the Star Wars movies. I
1: almost want to hug you.
2: Yeah, it, I, have, I have seen those. The only reason it, it is because a, of the pandemic it, it, and there were no sports, so I, I watched them all with my girlfriend.
0: It took a global pandemic yeah. for him to experience something that's, like, normal
1: for yeah, everyone Yeah, that, like,
2: three-quarters of America has seen. Tyler's yeah. like, now well, wait until everyone <laughs> yeah. sucks. I mean, once the sports are off, I, I watched a good yeah. show. I, I bet, like, you know... 50% of the movies I've watched in my life were during the pandemic.
1: It's like what the, once the sports are off, like Tyler comes out of his house and he sees the sun for the first time. Right. What is that?
0: What?
2: Exactly.
0: <laughs> is that the thing that outfielders always lose the Wait, ball in? What there, are they doing? There's other things on television. What? He he tried really hard to get into those ping pong, those one-on-one ping pong matches. Yeah. And he was just like, all right, fine. Turn on the thing with the Wookiees. That's yeah. right.
2: Give me the lightsabers. It's better. Coming up Next. The Houston Texans are getting sued. We are back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Uh, Gooch, did you see that after the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, they dented it while it was still on the ice, while they were still celebrating with it on the ice? I
1: did see that, and I laughed out loud. There's a story, though, that I I actually heard firsthand from you know our de- dearly departed Vinnie Paul, who used to be the drummer for Pantera. Well back when the Dallas Stars won the Stanley Cup they brought it they brought the cup and the team they all came over to Vinny's house and was a huge party and they they're over here in the hot tub and they're you know drinking out of the Stanley Cup they dropped the Stanley Cup on the hot tub there's a huge huge dent in it this is the day before the parade so <laughs> the next day while they're doing the parade everybody's holding the Stanley cup by the dent. So nobody sees the, so nobody saw the dent, but that's a true story that happened.
2: I think that makes it better. Like it does. when you dent it, like I know they fix it or whatever, but I feel like that makes it better. Like I lo- your Stanley cup is now dented.
1: You know, again, it's your Stanley cup. It's it's almost like chick stick scars. You know, like there's always a story that comes along with that dent and it's always fun. And it's, and the thing is always when it does get dented, something as immaculate as the Stanley cup, There is a little, I don't know, it's just funny kind of laughing at human error. Like, this is one of the most holy objects in all of sports, and yet people throw it around. Like, how many times do you think the Lombardi Trophy has been dented? You know, like, how many many times do you think that's even happened?
2: Tom Brady was chucking it between boats two years ago. And guess what? They caught it. (laughs) (laughs) So... Hockey players need to be allowed to use their hands more so they get used to, to holding and catching things <laughs> like right. the Stanley Cup. I like where your head's
1: at. I like where your head's at. Here? New rules in hockey.
2: Broken trophies, I think, are, are always the best because it's uh, the, the, the funniest part about broken trophies in sports is that it is like the thing that everybody's playing for, and then, hey, you got the thing, you got the trophy, and then it gets broken or dented and nobody's mad. It's like the most valuable thing in the sport. And nobody's actually mad that you dented it because everybody's like, ah, eh, who cares? We still want it. It's still ours. It's phenomenal. Doesn't you matter. Could be a, Like how many times did I break something as a kid and my mom got mad at me? Nobody gets mad at people for breaking these trophies. You it's see great. that
1: dent in the Stanley Cup? That's our dent.
2: <laughs> they should leave it, shouldn't
1: they? I believe they should. Let, uh, you know, let the be- stories accompany it.
2: There might be too many dents, though. Like, if they just left all of them, they should leave it for a year. And the next year, when they award it to somebody else, they can fix the dent. So but that, leave it. Your dent stays for a year.
0: Uh, yeah, because otherwise it'd be like, it's the oldest trophy in all of sports. It's kind of rickety. It's not yeah. It's not very nice.
1: Well, the best is whenever you – have you ever seen award shows like, you know, your Emmys or your Oscars or whatever? They hand them these trophies, and these literally have been, like, glued together like five minutes before the whole show, and you see, like, the Golden Globe fall off the thing, and you see the artist just kind of holding two pieces of the trophy, and it's just funny because, for starters, that trophy is just a piece of crap. It's nothing near the Stanley Cup level, but when it happens on television and you let everybody know that these awards that are not the Stanley Cup, really are meaningless pieces of plastic. It just makes it all the the better.
2: Gooch, just so you know, I don't really watch movies or TV shows, so no, I do not watch award shows about those movies. Well, neither do I. I just watch
1: watch YouTube clips of failures at award shows.
2: What award show did uh, Will Smith slap Chris Rock?
1: Uh, That was the Oscars.
2: The Oscars. Okay. Is that for movies? (laughs) Yes,
1: for movies. Well played.
2: There's there's three of them. There's Oscars, Grammys, and what's the other one?
1: Golden Globes.
2: Tony? And Tony's, the Tony's. That's the word. What the hell are Tonys for? Uh, live theater. Oh wow.
1: Yeah, jazz okay. hands.
2: Okay. Does anybody watch that one? No.
0: Uh, every year. You do? Yes. I I told do you, know you what's I happening? would be. It, it would be weird because Ed Graney and I would probably be the only people in the sports world who watch it every year. But yes, I do know what's happening.
2: Five seconds. Okay, we're going to break. Jared loves the Tonys.